0: Hi, I'm Bill Smolsky from the McIver Institute, and this is the McIver Newsmakers Podcast. We're joined today by Senator Dewey Strobel to talk about TIF districts. Senator, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I appreciate it. Now, t- tax increment financing, it's a fun topic because no one ever seems to know exactly what it is. But local governments insist they can't fund improvement projects without it, that they need to stimulate economic growth. And then we get a big story about how, oh, it doesn't really cost you anything. We're just borrowing money, and then the future development will pay it back. And it sounds fishy to people, but usually they lose interest before doing anything about it. So um, at MacGyver, MacGyver I spent a lot of time looking into TIF. And I can say definitively it is not free money. Um, My biggest point with TIF is when there's development in a TIF district, your property taxes are going up. And that's because any new construction in your community raises your local government's tax levy limits even if that construction happens in a TIF. The problem is the new the new development doesn't pay taxes to the general levy, only people who live outside the levy do, so their taxes are going up. And the development simply pays taxes to the ta- to the uh, TIF district. And money many times the TIF simply just gives that money right back to the developer as an incentive to keep on developing and that's kind of why we're here to talk to yeah. talk about today. Yeah.
1: No, I think you uh, laid out a pretty good framework of how the whole TIF thing works. And, you know, TIFs were instituted many years ago for um, very good reasons, really, to, to develop uh, brownfields, polluted property, or properties with negative values. You know, there was no benefit to let those properties just sit there and be undeveloped, and they're just, they just weren't feasible. Uh, developing oftentimes, and so the TIF mechanism was created in order to um, allow there to be funds generated so one could feasibly develop these properties. And it is, as you know, the uh, you have a, a base value, and then you cr- the idea is to create increment. And with the increment that you create, that will then that additional real estate tax created by that incremental value will pay the bond that is used to oftentimes subsidize these projects from the get go and get them started.
0: And uh, just real quick on that, uh, you mentioned the base value, that's everything that the local government was collecting from that property before it became a TIF district, they continue to collect Correct. so they try to play this off as oh you won't even notice if that money's missing
1: right, right right well um there's that's there's a big catch to that of course as you had indicated you know when you do create that increment as as we know that the property within that TIF isn't paying for the their real estate taxes aren't going to the general fund those real estate taxes are going to pay down that bond that was used to create that TIF and to create the funds that were quote necessary to make that development possible. And um, those bonds can be 20, 25, 27 and a half years long. These these bonds can be a very long time. Um, But then as as you had indicated also that the levy is still permitted to be increased. Uh, So then the levy increases, but the property within that TIF isn't contributing to it. So everybody else, is paying for that TIF. So really, when you oftentimes think of TIFs, there's, there's the, the developers are benefiting greatly and the munis are benefiting greatly. So they're really kind of both in on this deal. And, and what we just alluded to is certainly the benefit for the municipality. You know, the benefit for the developer is um, it's all about the but for clause. But for the existence of this TIF, this real estate development would not happen. And when the city fathers are presented with these decisions from the developers, who provides them the information to determine if the but for is valid or not? It's the developers. The developers come in and they say, gosh, you know, without this tip, we can't make it happen. And who provides that information to developers? So it's really kind of a stacked deck. And as a real estate professional myself, unfortunately, I see them getting getting bamboozled way too often. That's the problem.
0: Oh yeah, we, we've had some fun examples that we've dug up at McIver. Uh, the best one is in Beaver Dam, where uh, TIF District funds a huge economic park, which, but for this TIF, you'd never have this, economic, this, this industrial park. But then right next door to it, somebody builds their own private industrial park so without a TIF.
1: Right, well that, that is interesting that you see, you know. Mm. You, you see, it's, it's like a drug to some of these developers. You know, they just have to have it and they go in and you, you'll know the ones that do it, they do it every place they go. And um, yeah, there are other people who are developing the exact same product without it and then yet these people have the TIFF. And that's really when you start getting into crony capitalism and picking winners and losers. And that's really when you start to disrupt the free market was really what you're undercutting the free market. And that's really why I have the issues I have.
0: Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of take a step back and try to see this from the developer standpoint, if all TIF districts funded were, you know, new streets and sewers and some site prep um, from a developer standpoint, well, I don't care if there's a TIF district or not, as long as it's getting done and I don't have to pay for it, what do I care? But the you know one of the way, many ways that we cross the line when it comes to TIF is uh, TIFF funds can be used to provide monetary incentives to those developers. So right. hey, I will go you know for you know one of my favorite examples in my community, which I won't mention, is uh, we have a bunch of where, old warehouses in town. Developer says, hey, I'll come in and I'll remodel all these warehouses. It's going to cost a million dollars. So. Let's turn this into a TIF district, and you give me five hundred thousand dollars, and I'll do it.
1: Right. <laughs> so right.
0: it's it's a lovely right. example of I'll pay taxes, and you give me my taxes back, so I can fund you know the project to make me more right. money. Right. And that that's what another one of your bills is actually trying to target.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do have a bill right now out there that you know there are so many ways a monetary benefit can be given to a developer in a TIF district. But one of the ways, and I think the most egregious and the least transparent. Way is just when you write them a, mo- a check and says here's here's the money and right now there's no limitation you can write a developer as big of a check as, as you basically want uh, and there's no strings attached there's no transparency you don't know where that money's going and I really don't think that's in the best interest of the taxpayer so I've got a bill that says okay we'll limit that to 20% of the project cost I mean that would appear reasonable you know oftentimes that's all the equity that's even required to purchase a building or or do a development or something, so to me uh, that that is really just a pro taxpayer prudent change that I think we really should be incorporating on TIF districts.
0: So are people crying bloody murder yet over? Oh
1: now? yes, <laughs> as soon as that bill came out, the knives came out. Believe me, because this is the golden goose mm-hmm. for so many people out there uh, and, and that are well. I shouldn't say so many the special interests, there are a very few, but they're out there and the ones that do, they benefit greatly. And, and uh, you know, the, the crazy thing about it is you can have a property that, I've already heard of situations where the owner of the property is approached by a developer and that developer will say, I'll pay you X for this property, but if I ultimately get a TIF on it, I'll pay you X plus Y. <laughs> so what's the benefit of that TIF? You know, you're 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 really funneling more money to the landowner. You're usurping the market for that property. So really, when you think about it, if someone's going to get a TIF and it's a but-for clause, in theory, why should they even pay anything for that money? Yeah. Because without the TIF, it's not worth anything. And it's, I don't really believe it's the it's the taxpayers' job to subsidize these developments. So a Landowners, landowners can walk away with more money, and B, the developers can have a subsidized development, uh, which they can enjoy, quite frankly, oftentimes a greater profit margin. I don't think that's the taxpayers' job to do in many of these instances.
0: Yeah, so to really hammer this point home, when you have a TIF district, you know, and your d- new development goes up there, everyone else's taxes in town go up to pay for. That developments services to pay their portion of the general fund tax levy. So, you know, you build, you know, new apartments, new warehouses, new factories, whatever, they still need police protection, they still need fire protection. If there's if it's a if it's residential, kids need to go to school. So everybody outside the TIF district is paying for all that to happen. Meanwhile, the developer in the TIF district, who is paying all their taxes, are just staying in the TIF district, when that money goes right back. To that developer, he's not paying taxes. He's essentially keeping all of his taxes, and you're paying for all of his public services. So that's that's where the taxpayers should really be right. outraged by this process. Right. And the transparency you bring up is another is key in this because when a tip district writes out a check, it's kind of hard. You know, you have to really go through some effort to see you know what the tip district is spending money on. Uh, when you're if it were your local city that just you know wrote out a check, hey. Hey, uh, Joe DeVellman, yeah. here's a check for $50,000. Keep doing what you're doing. People, there might be more people that yeah. would raise questions yeah. about that.
1: Yeah. Well, the crazy thing too right now is we are in a historically strong real estate market. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible real estate market right now, but yet more and more real estate deals are being done with taxpayer subsidies, yeah. i.e. tips. I mean, what, God forbid, where are we going to be someday when the real estate market turns bad on us? I mean, how much more do we have to subsidize these deals than we are now when we're in a great... When we're in a great economy right now, and uh, that you know that's some a question I think we all have to ask. And you know another thing too, we look at the history of, of TIF districts, and um, we're seeing more and more. We're actually seeing proportionally more development inside of TIF districts than outside of TIF districts. And when you have the issue of of uh, you know levy limits, that again it's just putting more and more on the backs of the existing property owners. And oftentimes you know you just wonder was that really even necessary.
0: Well, yeah, and it's, um, it's a situation where, I mean, yeah, it's a really sweet deal, especially with the, you know, just the, you know, straight cash back incentives, because when when those opportunities are out there and those opportunities are expanding for developers, you would, I mean, from a strictly business perspective, you'd be crazy to not do it.
1: Right, I, I know, I, I can't say I begrudge the developers for doing it uh, because they can, but it's up to policymakers to fix these situations so these abuses don't occur. Because we work for everyone, not for this very small special interest group of developers. We work for everyone, and many of these are not in the best interest of, of, of the taxpayer. In fact, what you're seeing right now, even in this great environment that we have for real estate development, um, almost one third of all tips in this state are some way not performing as they were expected to. Um, sometimes if they do really well, then what happens is, that um, that money is used to fund that one is that is doing poorly, <laughs> or if they do really well, then sometimes the city fathers say, "Well, let's expand this TIF." So all these things defer the ultimate benefit that's supposed to go to the taxpayer, and that, and that's not. Uh, like I said, when you get a bad TIF, sometimes you have a, a good TIF that pays for it, or. You know, sometimes when you have a bad TIF, the city fathers think, well, if we only did this and this, it'll become a good tip. So then they expend more money and dig a deeper hole for themselves. And, you know, we are seeing, you know, communities that really are are taking it in the shorts on some of these TIF districts. And, and again, we're in a great real estate economy, and that still is happening, which is really a shame.
0: Yeah. And um, so, we're, you know, obviously this isn't, um, you know, when you're trying to get something like, uh, like the, a problem like this under control. I mean, you don't, you know, as a policymaker, you just don't say, "Hey, let's eliminate TIF Tracy." You, you try right. to put some some limits on them. You try because, um, like you said, I mean, the, you do see some benefit to them. So I mean, you just want to kind sure. of shift them so that there's benefit for everybody and not just right. benefits. Right. Yeah. So um, this, you know, the reforms that, that you've introduced this session, we've got the limits on the cash, cash back right. Uh, were there other bills as yeah.
1: well? Well, then, then another portion of that bill, which kind of gets as to what you're talking about, is um, it says the city fathers, let's put this uh, proposal under a stress test because we all know that the best laid plans don't always come to fruition. So what we're asking the city fathers to do is say, let's look, let's look at a scenario where your development that you expect to have in this TIF district is delayed for three years. I mean, that significantly changes the cash flow that's necessary to pay off this bond that you borrowed to subsidize its development. How does that impact? Can you still pay that bond off in the period of time you expected? How far is it pushed out? And the other thing we ask for in a stress test is that um, you look at this thing ultimately creating 10% less increment than expected. So under those two different scenarios, you kind of create a stress test. And based upon the bond that you're taking out to subsidize this development, you look out and you see how that impacts it. And quite possibly under one or both of those scenarios, you might find out, oh, my gosh, we're going to be in trouble with this thing. Now, it's no, it's no mandate to then how you choose to you know, act on those results, but at least it, it gets our city, fa- our city fathers, in many cases, to, to look at some what-ifs if things don't go according to plan, what will they be subjecting our taxpayers to? I can tell you what, if some of these tips had undergone a test like that on the front end, uh, they'd be undergoing a lot less problems than they are today if they were had that luxury of being able to do that. So I think that's a prudent thing in this bill that uh, w- that, that will be, again, make sure we have better tips that perform the way they're supposed to.
0: Um, what, who are some of your allies that you have all yeah, with these.
1: Uh, the Counties Association is is uh, supportive of, of the types of things that we are doing here. Uh, the uh, Badger Institute, uh, a think tank that analyzes and studies these things quite critically. Uh, they're, they're a strong supporter too. Americans for Prosperity is, is a supporter. Uh, we have a number of taxpayer groups that are supporters also. Because again, tips were all about benefiting the taxpayer ultimately. And uh, we're seeing that 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 just isn't happening as often as it should now and again going back to the history of tips many times they were again the brownfield thing or even to create a business park you know where there'd be some a job creation component you know you got to balance that too i get that but um you know where they are now to subsidizing high-end apartment buildings or you know triple rated tenants walgreens and so on um, with these types of developments. It just, it, and then a landowner is walking away with millions in a, in a upfront payment for the value of that land when, according to the but four, it, it wasn't even feasible to develop. Mm-hmm. Something just doesn't add up there.
0: Um, do you have allies on the other side of the aisle on this one?
1: Yes, we have some, um, there's bipartisan support yeah. on, on this bill. Um, and you know, we're encouraged by that. In fact, uh, Senator John Erpenbach is, uh, is a supporter of this bill, as are a number of uh, uh, Democrats on the assembly side. Maybe we support this type of reform for different reasons. Yeah. But in the end, uh, it, it will lead to uh, TIFs being more doing what they were designed to do, mm-hmm. and ultimately the taxpayer seeing greater benefits, being exposed to less liability. And I think when responsibly used, you know, the TIFs can, can do some good things in this, Let's get rid of some of the bad eggs and I think with the reforms that I'm talking about in this bill just around the edges that's all it is that we're going to end up accomplishing some of those goals
0: yeah so we're looking at an abbreviated uh session this spring um so we'll see where this one goes but even if this uh you know Let's say, you know, this one doesn't, you know, doesn't quite make it this session. I mean, you aren't planning on stopping with your TIF mm-hmm. reforms now.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean, really, if you dig into TIFs, and we've been doing that in this office for a long time, and I am a real estate developer. That's what I do outside of my job as a state senator. Mm-hmm. So I'm very aware of, of the games that are played with TIFs, and uh, I think it puts me in a special place to have knowledge and um of, of, of really critically evaluating some of these. And, and so I have firsthand knowledge that some of our TIF practices in the state are just out of control.
0: Well, we really look forward to hearing your ideas for a long time to come. So Great. Um, yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, this is the McIver Newsmakers podcast. Uh, and uh, I'm Bill Osmolsky here with uh, Senator Dewey Strobel. Thank you very much for listening. and. All these examples of uh, problems and issues and uh, discussions about TIF, uh, most of them we have either uh, standalone stories on our website or we've got a big analysis piece about uh, just how TIF works in Wisconsin in (laughs) in plain English. So anyone can understand it. You don't have to be a college professor or an academic to make sense of it. So uh, you can find all that at our website, www.mckiverinstitute.com. Again, for the McIver Institute, I'm Bill Losmolsky, and this has been the McIver Newsmakers Podcast.